everybody, welcome back to the Bitter Rivals Podcast. This is episode 7. It is February 21st of the year 2021, and we had a Leafs and Habs game last night. Yeah, we did. Uh, didn't go great for me, not gonna lie. No way. No. No. You know, it was, uh, it was actually a pretty tight game. The, the final score was 5-2? 5-3. 5-3. Yeah, you guys got a late one, right? That's right, yeah. Um, I thought that it was a very, very, I think the Leafs, that was probably one of the better games they've played all year, to tell you the truth, like as a team. Uh, there was that five minute, the, there, there was a stretch, there was a stretch for it, but like, the thing about the Leafs is that oftentimes they get those stretches, like they'll go up to, give up to, and then the, the then it's over. Like, once yeah. you're up to, and you give up those two, the Leafs have seemed to just kind of take their foot right off the gas, but they did not do that last night. Yeah, because that was a really weird five minutes there. Because you guys scored two, basically, like, what, 15 seconds apart, I think it was? 15, yeah. And then we scored two 33 seconds apart, like, a minute after that. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was crazy. Like, I couldn't even get my text sent to you fast enough to chirp you for us scoring, and then yeah. you guys scored. So, yeah. Kind of ruined my fun for a little bit, but yeah, no. my fun exists now, so... <laughs> But yeah, the Habs had a slow start. We had the week off, so I mean, I kind of expected a slow start and maybe not our best game of the year. But That's, you know, you know, when they say that you guys have all that rest, like a, a week's worth of rest is also a week's worth of rust. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. But the only time I want like a lot of time off before we play is playoffs. Yeah. Like the Just only get everybody time. healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, something I want to talk about, Leafs specific. Uh, William Nylander was benched with 8.45 left to go in the third period last night. I didn't notice watching the game. I just saw tweets after the game. Yeah. And what I did see was Sheldon Keefe not being shy about the fact that William Nylander was benched. And that's something that we're not used to seeing from him. Yeah, but he's also been very vocal about supporting Nylander. So, it's I feel like it's he's being transparent here. He's not trying to, like play one side or the other, like, keep some stuff hidden away. He's being very transparent. He's saying, hey, I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of he didn't like some of the stuff he saw when they had the lead. Yeah, like, that exactly. Was... When, well, when he had the lead, he he liked the way the team was playing, and his words were, Willie did not fit that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's not like he's you, – you always see coaches, like, try and, like, oh, you know, it's just game management or, you know, like, he was very upfront about it, which I feel like Nylander's got to – appreciate at least like he's not it's well, not I mean, like a, he's got to know that he's not he's not playing well like he's got to know that he's not producing he's in one of the biggest markets he's going to be the hardest on him he's got to know that yeah like he's he's just got to be better he's got to put points on the board and do you know what my dad made a very good point William Nylander seems to not want to play hockey unless the puck is on his stick and it's really, really detrimental to not only his production, but his linemates' production. Like, John Tavares is much better than, than the points he's putting up right now, and he's playing a lot better than the points he's putting up right now. He's missing the net a lot, which is why he's not scoring goals, but John Tavares is, is, should be putting up more points than he is right now, and it's he, he would be if Mitch Marner was there. Let's put it that way. And oh. that's, oh, yeah. that's an Mitch argument Marner. that I've actually... Pardon? Mitch Marner is just a far better player than William Nylander, and that's oh, not yeah. like that. No, it's not even like it's not even close. But the, the what I've seen on Leafs Twitter now is there's a debate: should they break up Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner to get 
those guys going. Because in the past, Matthews has had success with Mar- uh, Nylander, and Marner's had success with Tavares. But hell no. Why would you do that? They are the best duo in hockey right now. Like, there is absolutely no question that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are the best duo in hockey right now. McDavid Dreisaitl. But I get your They're point. They're not a duo. They are not a duo. They're one-two centers. Uh, well, they, do they play on the power play together or no? They do play on the power play together, but they don't even, you don't even get, like, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about five-on-five hockey, the best okay. duo in the league right now. The, the top two are Marchand, Berge, uh, Bergeron, and Marner, Matthews. Yeah. For point production, right now. Uh, and I we're mean, talking about line mates, right? I mean, what I would almost want to do there is, you know, if you're playing the Sens and you're up a couple goals and you're not going to blow a 5-1 lead, like, <laughs> maybe, you know, for the last 10 minutes of the third, switch them up. And, the, Just, you know, and that's what happened. Out. And that's what happened, actually. When in the second game, uh, or... Second or third? Did we play Ottawa three times this week? I believe we did. I don't have your schedule up, no. I know you played them twice, though, for sure. Okay, so this I think it was the second game, the one where we went up 5-2 and didn't lose. Slow it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in that game, in the final, like, John Tavares scored because he received a beautiful dish from Mitch Marner, right? Yeah. Like, and, and, you, and I was listening to it at work, and it was Joe Bowen on the call. By the way, best in the business. But... He, he he said, you can see what Sheldon Keefe is doing right now. He's really, really trying to get his captain going. Like, really, clearly, you can see that. And that's what he needed to do. He got John the goal. John didn't really do much last night against the Habs, but who cares? The MVP of the league did. The only reason he's not going to win MVP is because of the wording of that award. Austin Matthews? Yeah, because it's worded it's uh, the most valuable player to his team, and McDavid is more valuable to the Oilers than Matthews is to the Leafs. That's the only Absolutely not. That is absolutely no, no, not. No, no, no. Because if you pull Matthews out of the Leafs, the Leafs are still good. If you pull McDavid out of the Oilers, they're nothing. And so the, the way that award is worded is the reason why Matthews won't win it. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the argument that I have with you. Because the most valuable player to his team, you also have to... You, you also can make the argument then, then you take McDavid out of there. They still have last year's MVP. Like, like yeah. It's not but, debatable. They have last year's okay, MVP on top of Connor McDavid. Yes. So that you pulled McDavid out of that team, they're still going to be good. I really don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm sorry if you yeah. don't think Austin Matthews, as of right now, is the front runner for the Hart Trophy. Yeah. You're you're crazy. He absolutely should be league MVP. I'm saying he won't because that's the way the the award is worded. Like the, the description of the award. That's that's why he won't get it. Like, is he probably the best player in the league right now? The MVP? Yes. It's not even up for debate. I I'm think saying, he wins it. I think, I'm saying he's going to get screwed out of it with the uh, with the wording. I think he wins it. And I also think that he's going to put 50 in this year. Oh, it's, yeah, 100%. I, I, man, like... McDavid's going to hit 100 points. <laughs> look at the, I'm looking at the point leaders right now. Yeah. 37 points for Connor McDavid. And I'm trying to find out how many games he's got here. He's got 37 points this year in 20 games. Yeah. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if he hit 100. Like, at all. Like, honestly, him, Dreisaitl, and Matthews could all hit 100 points this year. Easy. I would agree with that 100%. 100%. Like, I I haven't looked 
too, too much into the other, uh, like, divisions. Put in the North Division, yeah, 100%. Did Those you say two. Marner there? Mm, did I? I don't know if you did, but I no, can see I... him hitting it, too, just because he's going to be feeding Austin Matthews for the rest of the season. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, I can back that. I can back that. Like, so, because right now the point leaders are McDavid at 37, Dreisaitl at 30, uh, Marner at 30, Matthews at 29, and then Kane, Shifley, Huberto, Kopitar, Besser, Backstrom. So, there's a little bit of a discrepancy in the north there, eh? You can see. Yeah, but I mean, that's what happens when you play the Canucks and the Sens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're not good. No. So, yeah, right now, I would say, in my in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinion, Austin Matthews is the clear MVP. And the way Mitch Marner's playing right now, too, he is not far behind. Yeah, no, like, it's... The MVP race is going to be between those four guys. Let's be real. Yeah, I, I would say this year, unless McKinnon picks it up a lot. Yeah, I think. yeah McKinnon, McKinnon's played all right, but like he's just right now not on that level. No, he's not. The, that They're clearly a head and shoulders above did right now. Did you see the goal he scored last night in the outdoor game? Yes, I did. <laughs> he's quick, eh? He's so good. Like, when did he become so good? Like, I know we've discussed this previously, but, like, it was almost, like, overnight he just went, like, I'm going to be, like, go from, like, an okay player in the league to, like, the best player in the league. Or close like, to it, yeah. Yeah, like, like he just, like, flipped a switch one season and he was like, ah, I'm going to be fucking gross. And, unfortunately for him, he signed his contract before he flipped that switch. I mean, I mean that's almost not unfortunate for him because it gives the team some cap space to, like, work with, you know what I mean? Oh, I see what you're saying. He's just short a couple million. That's all. You win a couple cups, so it's almost being short the few million. Yeah, that's fair. But like, just he's only he's only got a cap hit right now of six point three million dollars, yeah. which is less than William Nylander. Bargain. Well, got to be one of the best bargains in the league. Has to be one of the best contracts in the league for sure. Like not rookie deal. I would say yeah. yeah. Team friendly for sure. Um, so another thing I want to talk about leaf specific, uh, so this week we finished with seven out of eight points. So I'm just going to declare Monday's collapse totally irrelevant. I'm going to forget it ever happened and it's irrelevant. It doesn't exist. It never happened. You, you don't get to just forget you blew a five, one lead. You don't get to just like push that under the rug and like, forget about it. Because that's, that's your number one goalie, Freddie Anderson, blowing a 5-1 lead. Like, that's not your backup or your third stringer. That, that's your number one guy, the guy that you want to ride into the playoffs, blowing a 5-1 lead to the Ottawa Senators. That's unacceptable. See, this is this situation right here is why I think that paying a goalie $10.5 million is a bad investment. Because Carey Price can do that, too. He can, but he doesn't. But he has. In the past, yes. This isn't new to the Leafs and Freddie Anderson, like blowing like leads at all. Like that's that's something he's done a lot of times on pretty big stages for the Leafs. Like I can't think of more than like one or two times that Price has done it in like ten years. I don't know. We, 
who won the battle last night? Because I would like, say we, Freddie Anderson outplayed Carey Price last night. I mean, honestly, so the Sportsnet guys were breaking down the goals, and, like, none of them were, like, bad goals. No, but those were f- saves that Freddie made last night, and Carey didn't. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I think that putting that much money into into the goaltending position right, is just... So- like, like I said, like if you want to go goal by goal, the fucking the first Matthews goal, no goalie in the league stops that. Like just, I don't care how no, much. No, absolutely you not. Absolutely not. You you could pay him your whole eighty million in cap space. Nobody saves that. Absolutely. Uh, the second one was what cross crease to Marner or no, not Marner. It was uh, Travis Boyd. Yeah. And again, like that's one of those ones that I don't care who you have in net. You beat a guy with a cross crease pass, like it's just, it's gonna go in. Matthew's second one, that shot, he's got the second best shot in the league behind Ovechkin. Like again, that's one that like it's I actually bad. want you I actually want you to take a look at that second Matthews goal. If Carey Price doesn't touch it, it doesn't go in. Yeah. But like what do you want him to do? Not kick out a pad and try and get it? Like like you know what I mean? It misses if he doesn't. But like it's it's not like Carey Price kicking his leg out and getting a piece of it is not bad goaltending. You know what I mean? No, I see what you're saying, but all, all I'm saying is, like, there was a flurry in the first period. There was there, there was one shift that you guys had where you had, a like, a 3-on-0 and then an absolutely glorious backdoor chance, and Freddie shut the door on both, and it could have uh, been 2-0. For me, I missed the backdoor chance. It wasn't saved. He missed it. I mean, he, he straight missed the net. It easily could have been 2-0. Oh, yeah. It, within five minutes of that game starting. And it wasn't, because Freddie Anderson shut the door. And you guys could have also went up 2 nothing very early, and Carey Price shut the door. Both like both goalies played well yesterday. Yeah, like, no, not... I'm just saying Freddie won the duel. That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever team wins the game, their goalie wins the duel. Like. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Uh, Joe Thornton, I refuse to believe he is over the age of 35. Yeah, he's he's weird, man. Like, he's playing so good right now. Like, he played the Stanley Cup final with, like, no ACL. Yeah. Like, he is just a physical freak. Yeah. Like, just a specimen. Yeah. Absolutely. Here, I am trying to pull up his points right now, because that man... Uh, I know there was a stretch, I want to say it was earlier in the week, that he was a point-per-game player. He had eight points in eight games. Actually, know. right now, he is a point-per-game player. He's got nine games played, nine points. Yeah, I'll just let's go. Yeah. Three goals, six assists, and yeah, no, I refuse to believe he is over the age of 35. The only problem with him is if he gets hurt again. Like, that's... Like, like this, this, he's an old guy. Like, an injury to him that might take a younger guy, like, a couple days to get over might take him a week, right? Like, just... Yeah. He's 41 years old. Like, yeah. in actuality, he's 41. Yeah. That's Pretty insane that he's a point-per-game player at 41 right now. It's probably not going to last. But it, it, on the other hand, it might. He's playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, right? Yeah. Like, that might keep up. That's possible. Yeah. The thing is, like, he can have a shit game. Let's just say he plays the Canadians and, you know, goes pointless. And then they play the Senators the next night. Yeah, he put up two or three assists, and there you go, like, even it out for the points per game. Yeah, absolutely no problem. That would be crazy. Can you imagine if he, he finishes at a point per game and we got him on the league, man? I would throw up. I would be so happy. That would be so cool. I mean, 
you could probably basically put anyone. You could put me and you on that line, and we'd probably finish point per game. I don't know about point per game, but I definitely get some points. Yeah, like, <laughs> playing with those two. Oh my god! You just chip the puck into the zone and let them go and recover it and score, and you've got yeah. Nothing. I'd be an absolute <laughs> defensive liability, but let me tell you, I would get a point or two. You know, I wouldn't be a defensive liability. I got a great 200 foot game. Yeah, you think so? 100. percent Oh man, how nice was that it to get to the outdoor rink yesterday and play some hockey? Oh, I'm feeling it now though. Oh <laughs> my gosh, I am sore. Like I'm stuck in my chair for the rest of the day now. Like I'm not, I'm not leaving it. Yeah, I, don't I think, think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the in-laws for some parent for some pasta, and that's about it today. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Speaking of hockey, how about that fucking Avalanche and uh, Golden Knights game last night? Oof. So, first let's start with the fact that it was postponed in the morning. Yeah. Okay, so... Who thought it was a great idea to play that at, like, 1 in the afternoon? Like, (laughs) did they forget the sun existed? Yeah. Like, 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 all week they were talking about, oh, we're expecting, like, a perfect day. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not a perfect day for outdoor hockey. No, not at all. Like, not at all. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to knock them too hard because it's a tough season. They're just trying to figure something out that works. Yeah. But you would think that somebody in the National Hockey League would say, hey, guys, the sun's going to melt the ice. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, like, like, why why does it have to be, like, a noon puck drop? Like, why can't we push it to, like, 7 o'clock? That would, it, be, that would be meant. Let it get a little colder out, maybe get some clouds in the way, sun lower it a little bit. No. But that makes too much sense for the NHL. Because I will say this, it was a beautiful setting. Yeah. Like, it was gorgeous. Absolutely. But gorgeous doesn't mean good for hockey. <laughs> no, absolutely. And speaking of the gorgeous setting... This is a debate that we want to have, and we would like uh, people listening to actually weigh in on. Send us a message on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, Should the NHL just say, fuck fans, let's just put it in the sickest place we can find, the the best setting we can find these outdoor games? Like, Gatano made a comment earlier, how great would it be to have it on Parliament Hill, just an outdoor game, the Prime Minister and his wife and kids out on the front step of Parliament Hill watching the game. I was thinking a barge on Lake Michigan, just leaves and leaves and wings. I know they're awful, and that's why I want it mostly. But <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah, because there was talks of the Habs playing the Senators on Parliament Hill. This was a couple years ago, and I remember like that. Like that's gonna be a great game. Like that'd be so dope. But the league was like, oh, uh, we can't have fans and we can't sell booze on Parliament Hill. And I'm like, okay. But, like, let's just have them play on Parliament Hill anyways? Like. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, that game last night was fantastic. With no fans, no nothing. I don't even think they pumped in the crowd noise. Like, they just let them. The atmosphere was amazing. Yeah. Like, that was unbelievable. I would love to see more of that. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah, let us know. Tell us where, where you think a great place for an outdoor game would be. You know, we're thinking, like. I said no baseball. football fields. Like, we don't want that. We want just really, really cool, out there, outlandish places. Let us know. Let us know what you think. I'm going to throw mine in here right now. I want to see them play at the base of Mount Everest. Get a fucking ring set up in Nepal. Let's go. That would be the coolest thing. Like, see how, like, 
how many more people would watch it? Like, yeah. seriously. There's a hockey game going on at the base of Mount Everest. How many people would watch that around the world? Yeah. And, like, also, like, I know the NHL, like, they want their, like, scenic shots and all that. Could you imagine the shots with Mount Everest in the background? Oh. Oh. Money. The like, money shot. The money just, shot of money shots. That's just fucking like, printing dollar signs. Oh. Baby. Baby. So... Since we're talking about the outdoor game, I want to get into how scary both Colorado and Vegas look. Woo! Like, (laughs) I'm real glad we're not playing them this season. Like, oh my. Yeah, no, I was watching Petro move, and jeez, that man is is a really, really good defender. Like, he's got to be top three Norris candidate right now. Like, he's just... He's on another level. Well, him... And the thing is, like, he's not even right now... Right now he is, but, like, he's not even number one on their depth chart. No. Shea Theodore is. Like, that's... That's Canada's top pairing at the uh, the Olympics. 100%. Has to be. Has to be. They're so good. They're so good. And especially given, like, they're going to have until 2022 to mesh and gel and be good together... There's like no they, way they already you... are though. That's the problem. Well, <laughs> they're already and they're gonna have two more years to do so until until the Olympics. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome for like, Canada. And like they're at an age where they could be like Keith and Seabrook in the early 2010s. Yeah, where they're just a dominant pairing at national hockey league level and at international level. They could easily do it for like what Petro's what early 30s, late 20s. I think he's around the same age as Tavares. So, yeah, around there. Yeah. Like, he's easily got another, like, seven, eight years left in him. Yeah, I would say that, for sure. Good years, too. Yeah. Good years. Well, I, I just look at, like, Shea, Shea Weber is in his, like, mid-30s, almost late-30s, and, like, still one of the best fans in the league. Petro can do the same thing. Easy. 100%. And Petro's got a, like, not taking anything away from Shea Weber's off- offensive ability, because we all yeah. know he has it, but Petro's even better offensively. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. Like, oh, man, watching that game last night, I was just terrified because, like, I don't see a defense. Like, maybe the Habs defense in the North Division stacks up, but maybe, like, not even 100%. Like, I would say Vegas has a better decor for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, th- I think I think in terms of, like, like they're, they're even in that they're, like, there's no gaping holes in them. Yeah. But Vegas is, is better than the Habs. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to try and argue that. So, yeah, man. Like, that's a team that I do not want to run into when it comes to playoff time. Like, no. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to format, like, the playoffs this year. Do we know uh, that yet? Other other than the, the first two rounds. Because it's the final four is the winner of each division. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm t- – like, we know yeah. that the North is going to play the North and all of yeah, that. But uh, I, I'm curious as, like, who's going to play who, like, which division winner is going to play what division winner. You know what I mean? Semifinals, they haven't uh, they haven't announced how they were doing it yet. Yeah, I they're, would they're hate like, to run into Vegas. That they were going to they were gonna wait and see, like, what the situation is. Because whether they go bubble again or whether they can go uh, city to city, but yeah. Yeah, I'm really. We gotta hope for some upsets in the West, 100. percent Yeah, but like that's the thing is I'm not even sure if it's gonna like are we gonna play them in the semi? Like I don't know how they're gonna do that. Well, that's all, that's what I'm saying. You gotta hope they don't make it to the semi. You gotta hope. Yeah, they I guess. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, and they look, they look their jerseys 
are ugly. The red ones? Yeah. Horrific. Horrible. <laughs> you know what? The the Colorado ones, the Quebec Nordique like throwback is growing on me. I really I like love them. those jerseys. I really didn't like them at first. They're growing on me though. I love them. I I think I when because that's another debate that you said you wanted to hide here have here was who has the best jersey. That was what I was gonna throw out there, man. I think Colorado has the best jersey in the league. All right, so my my two that I'm throwing out there, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes, that purple one. Yeah, those nasty. Like, that's gross. Yeah. But the one that, like, I would fully buy one with a player, I would get a Ginlar Flurry on the back of that Flames Blasty jersey, and I would not have any regrets about that. Those are sick, yeah. Like, that's just such a gross, gross, gross jersey. I, I would agree. Honorable mention to the LA Kings. Yeah, the LA, the LA Kings one is just, like, it's nice, but it's not, like... It's not that tier. Yeah, like, like, but I put Colorado's Nordiques jersey on that tier with the Yotes and oh yeah, and the Blasty jersey. I don't know, man. I love them a lot. I really, I really didn't like it at first. It's grown on me so much, like seeing them play in it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're really nice. Really, really, really nice. Um, so let me ask you. Do you like and try to be unbiased in saying this? Would you agree that Would you agree that Toronto right now looks like the best team in the North? Hmm. Like, it's tough because you know they play a great game against the Habs, but earlier in the week blow a five-one lead to the Sens. Like, yeah, but like here's the thing, right? I know it's the Senators. The the Senators are still an NHL team, and going into those three games, are they though? They are. And going into those three games, we, I, I was expecting the Leafs to take four of six points, and they took five of six points. So, I don't know. Like, And the fact that after giving up that, after collapsing like that, they win three straight, I think that says a lot too. I think it does. I don't know. I just, I, I worry about the Leafs. Like, they're not, and they're, they're showing it a little more this year, but because their problem for the last few years, they're not mentally tough. Like, I just think of all the collapses against the they're Bruins, kids. all those first-round collapses. Like, they're kids. Yeah. They're kids. Yeah. The no, core I, of the team, kids. Yeah, and I, like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's like their fault. Like, I get that. You know, you have to, you almost have to have these bad experiences to learn from it, and move on, and grow on it. But like right now, yeah, like they, they've got to be the best team in the division. Yeah. And uh, obviously it's because Montreal had the week off, but Edmonton actually passed Montreal in the division as well. Yeah, well, so the thing I was looking, we're, we're four games back of Edmonton. Yeah. So, like, obviously that's that's going to make a difference. Like, they look good right now, though, man. They're uh, Now they're 9-2-0 and in their past 11 after last night's win. So they are starting, that's started, starting to look like those are going to be the three at the top, and it's going to be a battle for the rest of those teams for the fourth spot. For the play, for the playoffs, which is almost exactly what we predicted. <laughs> it's almost like we know what we're talking about sometimes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, what the hell happened last night with those two reviews? Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so let's, let's, let's okay. Let you go ahead. You give you you tell tell the viewers what our listeners what happened. All right. 
4-2 game. Leafs are up third period or second period? Second. Second period. Uh, Yoel Armia drives the net hard, puts the puck on net. Yasperi Kotkaniemi is battling hard in front, pokes it home. Celebrate. Yay, everyone's all happy. Refs want to review it. So the refs go, they review it for a solid, like, two minutes. Like, it wasn't a quick review. Like, they, they took their time with it. Went to center ice, calling the ice stands, good goal. All right, me and Joe high five, good times. The Leafs immediately challenge it. They review it again, and then they go, eh, it was determined that it's not a goal, and they call it off. I got, I got that pretty much right. You pretty much have that correct. So this is there's a couple things that I want to add though. So first of all, the wording that the refs gave when they came off of the first review, they didn't say that they reviewed it. If you remember correctly, they came out and he came to center ice and he said after a conversation on the ice between officials or something along those lines, it has been determined that it is a, it is a good goal. We have a goal on the ice. Then Sheldon Key. So but. I swear, I saw the guy with his headset on no, looking at a video camera. Like, they, they reviewed it. They they straight up reviewed it the first time. Like, right? I thought so. Yeah. Like, they, so, like he, he had the headset and the iPad. Like, they were looking at it. I, I thought so. I had a couple beers, so I was like, maybe I'm forgetting this. Like, no, 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 maybe no, no, I'm no, remembering no, this wrong. They 100% did. They 100% did. So, yeah, I, I'm not... I do believe... I, like, I, I think they got the final call right. I just no, don't no, fully I, understand. I, we should say the call was... Uh, the goal was disallowed because... Uh, the call was that Yasperi Kotkaniemi pushed Anderson's pad, causing the puck to go in. Which yes, can't. you cannot do. So like I, I'm not I'm not salty about the call. I think Kevin Bieksa made a good argument for it to be a good goal, but like basically because the puck was loose. And I know you're going to bring up the Thornton goal from the other night. The difference I feel on that one is on Thornton's goal, the puck is in front of the pad. And he's pushed the puck and the pad into the net. With the Kakinami one, the puck is loose behind Freddie Anderson, and he's trying to get to it. And that was the argument Bieksa made, and I, I get it. I, I get what he's saying. I don't think it was quite behind him. It was more underneath his Yeah. Pad. Yeah, like, like I understand what Bieksa's argument is, but like the way I always look at it is if the call would have been against the Habs, like if that was you know someone doing that to Price, how would I feel about it? And I would not have wanted that goal to stand. Yeah. So anyway, we agree. So we we come to the conclusion that we can we can actually agree that that probably was not a good goal. Yeah. No. Like definitely, they got to the right outcome. How they got there, though. What the <laughs> fuck? Like, how does that happen? You review it once, goal. It and gets challenged. Do it again. No goal. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie, I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm looking around at everybody that I'm sitting there with, and I go, why would he challenge that? That makes absolutely no sense to me. They just reviewed it and called it called it a goal. Yeah. Why are you challenging? You're literally giving yourself a two-minute penalty right now for nothing. That was yeah. my thought process when I saw Sheldon keep challenging it. 100% same thing. I was like, oh, like they just reviewed it. Like This is going to be great. Like 4-3, and we're going on the power play. Like Perfect. Yeah, I I was kind of taken back when he did challenge it, but he had to. The, we must be missing something because he had to have had a reason, to, like to be even be allowed to challenge it after they reviewed it. Yeah, because like I know last night you said maybe they got a new angle, but like my my thought was if 
the situation room had a different angle that they hadn't shown those refs yet. I don't think they would have let them call that review. I think they would have said, hey, we've got one more angle to show you. Give us a second to load it up for you, right? Yeah, like, but if you recall, we talked about it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, the Columbus situation. That's exactly what happened. Remember, it was the offside. And yeah. they got a new angle of the offside during the intermission. See, but, but that's my thing. Is like, how do you not have those angles right away? I don't know. I, like, I don't that, know. But and, and at least with the Columbus one, there was there was a little bit of time between the original review and when they got like the new information. This was like 15 seconds. Like at that point, do you think like the situation room could have been like, hey, wait 15 seconds for us to get you this new angle? The only other thing that I can think of is when they were reviewing it, they were looking to see if like they weren't looking for goalie interference when they were doing the first review. That was my thought too, but what else are you looking for on that play? That's kind of where I'm coming. Like maybe like, they were looking to see if they should have blown it dead. Like like the puck was loose the whole time. There was no not even near a kicking motion, no hand pass. Like there was like those are the ones off the top of my head that I was looking for and I couldn't like there none of them were even remotely close. So I what I'm thinking is possible that they they were looking to see if maybe they should like it maybe two different types of goalie interference. So maybe at the first one they were looking to see if Freddie had it covered and they just blatantly knocked the puck out of Freddie's having it covered. Like maybe they thought he had it under his pad and they blatantly just and then when they said goal, Sheldon said, "No, I want to challenge that they pushed his leg into the net." Like that's that's like the only thing I can think of, but I think you would be like they they, they have to be looking for that. That you would think. Like you just like logically, know. like if you're looking for goalie interference, you're, you that's exactly what you're looking for is what Kotkaniemi did. Yeah. Like I don't know how how do you miss that on the first review? You know, doing this podcast, I'm learning that there's rarely logic for decisions that referees make in the NHL. No, you know, as a Habs fan, it's one of those things. Anytime anything goes to review for the Habs, I I, I assume it's just against us because. It just always is. I'll never forget a few years back, Evgeny Malkin straight up like Superman, like dove and penguin slid like stomach first and took Carey Price out of the net. And that's the penguin a great pass. It in. And I was like, oh, like that's got to be the most blatant goalie interference. Like, obviously. And they were like, no, it's a good goal. And at that, that was the exact moment. I was like, okay, I'm just done with reviews. I, just, <laughs> I don't care for the rules anymore. I don't know what's going on. Just. Oh. Yeah. Like, I like they don't explain it clearly when they when the refs like come out and say it. They just go after review goal. Yeah, or, I know. After review no goal. Like, like yeah, at least like, tell us when, like. Sorry, go ahead. I, like last night when after they called it no goal after the like Keith won the challenge. Yeah. I, I, like I would like a little bit of an explanation why. Yeah. Like what just happened? <laughs> like I would like I would. Uh, going back, like I'd like an explanation on the first review, especially like especially yeah, now they've like, called. I, I want an explanation on the whole thing. What yeah, just like, happened? Like, why was it given a goal? And then when Ke- Sheldon Keefe challenged it, okay, this is what we've seen that changed from 15 seconds ago. Yeah, no, that's exactly like, like, exactly. Just, just, and just, our good friend Trevor Edgar makes a good point when he says that the referee should be interviewed after every game too. Oh, like. The only reason I wouldn't do that is because they would get shredded for shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only reason the NHL would never do it, because those refs would get lit up. Yeah, for stupid... 
things like this exactly like again i agree with the final outcome i just have no idea how you got there yeah and like and that's and that's the issue and like this is a good scenario where we both agree on the final outcome but like how many times do we disagree on that final outcome and it's just bullshit in the middle that got us there like there's no we have no explanation from the league or any official as to why whatever call was made was made exactly like, that's yeah. all we want is that bit of transparency, that bit of, like... Because I'm sure there's, you know, times that there's been calls where we disagree on the outcome. But if they gave us crystal clear and said, okay, this is why we called it, this is exactly what happened, this is the rule it broke, like, there you go. Like, you can't argue with that. If the, if kind they, of like those videos that they put out for play, like uh, the Department of Player Safety puts out for, for suspensions. Yeah, when they suspend one guy every six months, because they're fucking useless. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we're going back to this, because there was another one last night. Oh, are you talking about, uh, what was it, Armia's elbow to, I forget whose face? Is that the one you're talking about? Because that should no. be a suspension. Like, not going to lie, probably should have been. That's, that's a game. Like, sorry, that's, that's a game. But there was a brutal cross-check. Uh, I'm going to have to pull it up quick here. Just, uh, like... An atrocious cross-check to the mouth, uh, but he got two minutes for it. And it's like, no, that's that's a game. That's a game. That's a couple-game suspension. Like, has to be. Was it in the Leafs-Habs game? No, not in the Leafs-Habs game. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about, man? I don't remember any of this. <laughs> no, this was uh, Coyotes and Kings. Okay. And it's just uh, Garland took uh, just a gross cross-check, lost some teeth, bleeding on the ice. Actually, uh, I retweeted the clip on uh, the Bitter Rivals Twitter account, at Bitter Rivals Pod. And it's just, it's one of those plays where you watch it, and there's, you're not, he's not trying to play the puck, he's not trying to play the body, he's cross-checking him the teeth. Like, that's just, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, you can't have that in the league, man. No. And there's, prior to player safety, he's doing nothing. It's just... Like I, I want them on those ones. I want I want fucking George Paris to come out, or you know I'm gonna think of the three uh, halves hit earlier in the season. I want him to come out and play those videos and tell me why that's not a suspension. Why those cross checks to the mouth or those headshots aren't suspensions. Like, tell me George Paros, tell me why that's not a suspension. Yeah. Like that's horrific. Man, I'm not arguing with you. You're heated, but I'm not arguing with you. Like, it's all it's almost almost at a point where I want the league. You almost have to, because they set precedent, right? Where this this hit, you know, hit number one, <clears throat> either is or isn't a suspension. So every hit similar to that one either is or isn't a suspension. You have to you have to cut that. It's got to be case by case, hit by hit. You have to get rid of precedent. You have to. Yeah, and because they went as far as to making like clips, like putting clips together and sending them to players in the league, like like they would show this is a good hit, this is a good hit. This is not a good hit. This is not a good hit. Like, and I remember that, and I always thought that was kind of funny. Like, I don't know. Because, like, also watching a hit, like, watching somebody else make a hit is totally different from making a hit in real time. Oh, 100%. You know? Like, you have no idea what you look like from the camera's angle when you're making a hit. Yeah, or, you know, a problem with that is you have a guy like Tyler Myers and a guy like Brendan Gallagher are watching the same video and being told the same hit is legal or illegal. Like, no, a hit that Tyler Myers throws, you know, that a shoulder to the head, 
is going to be different if Brendan Gallagher shoulders someone to the head. Like, it's two entirely different plays. Yeah, that is, well, yeah, and you also have, you have to take into account that Tyler Myers is a giant and Brandon Gallagher is, like, 5'10". That, that, that's what I mean. So if Brandon Gallagher shoulders someone to the skull, you know, he probably left his feet. Tyler Myers doesn't have to. Two entirely different plays. Yes. Like, entirely. So you can't just blanket and go, oh, yes, that's a clean hit, that's not a clean hit. It has to be, you know, case by case. I would agree if with not, that. If not, then that cross-check to the mouth, if, the pres- if we're going to follow precedent is a one-game suspension, because that's what Niskanen got for cross-checking Gallagher in the mouth in the playoffs, breaking his jaw and knocking his teeth out. That was one game. Like, that's horrific. Yeah, that's not good. Like, imagine if that was, like, Austin Matthews getting cross-checked in the mouth, broken jaw, and the guy who did it got one game. You'd be fuming. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't just be me. All of Leafs Nation would be fuming. Exactly, right? Exactly. Department of Player Safety is a fucking joke. Like, they're just, like, they're not out there trying to protect the players. They're just not. Yeah. I, man, it's, I cannot argue you on that one because, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of situations this year where I'm like, this is exactly what the league should not have in it, and this is exactly yeah. what they're going to allow people to do still, so. Because all they've got to do, like, first game, like, one of the, uh, I'm trying to think, what was, like, the first the first one was the Tyler Myers on uh, UL Armia. That was the first big one in the half season. That's a couple games into the year. Give them two or three games. Set the tone. Say, hey, like we're not we're not dealing with this. You if I'm not mistaken, you were calling for a five game suspension, right? I wanted eight. You wanted eight? Oh, sorry. I, I was yeah. Sorry, five five and a fifty six, eight and a eighty two. Yeah, that's what I yeah. If I remember correctly, that's what I. Yeah. Yeah, but like. You know, give them two or three. Like, yes, I wanted five. Should have been five. Give them two or three. You got to give them something. You can't just go, oh, no, that's fine. You get to do that, whatever. Again, can't argue with you. Let's get off of the topic of the refs, though, because they don't deserve any more time on this (laughs) podcast. Yeah, you are absolutely correct there. Yeah. Fuck them. Anyway. Anyway, uh, the Battle of Alberta, man. Little one-sided as of late. Calgary looks like shit. And uh, Edmonton looks really good. Markstrom got lit up last night. And he has been playing way too much hockey for them. Way too much hockey for them. Like, do they have a backup goalie? David Riddick. Big save, Dave. Okay, I told... Like, literally every time I watch them play, it's because Markstrom. Well, Markstrom's been yanked twice in a row now. Uh, was it not Markstrom that flew out of his net and took Tanner Pearson out the other night, too? That was so spectacular. Love that. Love to see it. He did it twice! In one game! I know. Sliding out the I butterfly! <laughs> right, like, past the circles! Yeah, I like, I, awesome. a lot of, a lot of hockey Twitter didn't like that. That's a totally fine play. Well, I think what people don't like is the fact that the player has no idea that that goalie's coming, because the degree... Put your head up! Put your head up. If, okay. If that's if that's Mark Giordano absolutely fucking smoking him on the blue line like that, nobody would be like, oh, he didn't see him coming. They'd be like, oh, put your head up, kid. It's the same thing. It's the same play. I disagree. I think, first of all, goalies are, they're wearing much larger equipment and they're much larger bodies. And they also sliding at a, like, sliding on your knees, you have a little bit of a better center of gravity to take somebody out than you do on skates, first of all. 
Second of all, the player coming down on a goalie is never, ever going to think that that goalie is coming at him. You got to put your head up, though. You have to, you have to know what's going on. You have to be aware of your surroundings. Like you can't be just blindly charging down the ice. Okay, I agree, but then the same has to be said for goalies. Why can they make hits, but they can't get hit? If if they're out of their crease, fucking light them up. I'm all I'm all for it. If you're out of your crease, the the trap is always like behind the net. I'm a little like I get getting called goalie interference behind there because like that's a little more. You're at least like they're at least around the net. But if Marcher wants to fucking come out there, he's absolutely fair game as long as he's See, got. Now what I'm seeing right now, what I'm seeing right now is Carey Price playing the puck at the hash marks. Wayne Simmons absolutely laying into him, and you being so pissed off that you're calling for Wayne Simmons to be exiled from the league. Would I be mad that Price is hurt? Yes. Would I back the fact that Carey Price is out of his crease and fair game? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm, not calling, I'm not calling for open season where guys are fucking like charging the net. But if a goalie wants to come out, because he was what? He was past the hash marks, those slides, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was almost at the, like, top of the part, circle. If you want to come out to the top of the circle to play the puck, you're fair game. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm not saying guys need to fucking, like, smoke them and fucking, like, end their careers. But, like, if you want, if you, they get they get bumped, like, they get bumped. That's it. You're a fair game. I don't know. It's a debatable topic. I don't know. I just think, like, the fact that they can do that and just, like, get away with it. Like, no. Like, if you want to come out to the top of the circle, you're a fair game. Yeah, Any, well, but, like, that's the, like, the, the goaltending community does not feel that way. <laughs> the goaltending community can suck it up. That's fair. Like, like, fucking old school Patrick Waugh when he fucking tried to skate to the other end there. Like, if he crossed the blue line and someone fucking lit him up, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, you're trying to play the puck. You're trying to play it, like, not in your crease? Yeah, you're going to get hit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, uh, before we finish here, I want to talk about how, how grateful I am to be able to watch Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews play hockey. I thought you were going to take that in a different direction and talk about Sidney Crosby. Him too, man. Because Sidney Crosby has played a silent NHL game, and it does not feel like that at all. No, he's still the kid. He's still still the kid. I still hate his guts, but God damn it, do I respect him. Oh yeah, man. His, uh, they were talking about it last night on the broadcast. Would you put him top five, ever? Would you? I, I give me a minute. I gotta think. I gotta think about my top five. I actually have already gone through my top five all time. Okay, you you go through yours. And let me, cause like I'm pretty sure I've got it, but I might have to move a couple guys in and out. Okay, so number one obviously is Wayne Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Number two, I have Bobby Orr. Agreed. A hundred percent. Number three, I have Mario Lemieux. Yeah, okay, so we're still good. And then, you know, it's funny, like, most of the people I, like, heard talk about it, that, like, it wasn't, when they're talking about Crosby being top five, it was, is he the fourth or fifth best player of all time? Nobody had him in the top three. Now, this is where it gets jumbled for me, after yeah. those top three, because there's, there's, there's three people that I really want to put in there. <laughs> I want to put Maurice Richard in there, yeah. I want to put Gordie Howe in there, and I want to put Sidney Crosby in there. So for me, instead of Rocky Richard, I've got Lafleur. But again, same same dilemma of six of the best all-time players 
only five spots to put him. Yeah. So I think, though, I would have to go Howe, Crosby, Richard at six. And this is not a slight on Sid the Kid, and I know I don't like him, so it's it's going to sound that way. And, like, it's a little little bit of slight on him, but I wouldn't have him in my top five. But it's not, like, losing out to fucking Guy Lafleur and Gordie Howe is, like, not... Like I'm not I'm not putting Paul Beeson out above him in my all-time list. You know what I mean? Like it, there's no there's no major disrespect intended. Like you're you're still in that conversation of the best players of all time. Yeah. No, I totally it, agree with you. It just sucks to suck. There's five better. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what? I think that Austin Matthews and and Connor McDavid are going to have a chance to be in that top five going forward. I. Top five, I, I just, I can't see anyone getting into that top five. Like, 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 legitimately, and, like, that's no no disrespect to McDavid or Matthews or any of these guys. Like, I just look at that top five of all time, Gretzky or Lemieux, in my eyes, Lafleur Howe, like, or Howe Lafleur, whatever. Like, the, the positioning doesn't matter. I just look at those five, and I'm like, I don't think there's ever going to be five better than them. Ever. Well, I don't think there's going to be five better than them, but I think that, and I'm not saying that they're 100% going to be better than them, but I think that if anybody's got a chance in the league right now, anyway, to be better, to, to crack that top five, yeah. it would be yeah. either Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews, for 100, sure. 100%. I will not argue that. I just I just can't see them getting there. You know what yeah. I mean? And again, yeah. that's no disrespect intended. It's just... Like, I don't know, man. Austin Matthews can make it on swagger alone. The kid's the absolute coolest cat in the world. Like, yeah, I don't know. But, like, that's not what I... Th- when I think of, like, top ten... Or top five NHL players of all time, like... I couldn't give a fuck about Swagger. Like, for me, it's just, it's just on the ice. No, uh, no, what, I know. What, what did you do? I, when what we're did talking you do, about top five players of all time, I'm just saying, like... The attitude that that kid has, like, it's... Like, when he scores a goal now... Like, he he literally just, like, kind of, like, you can see in his eyes that he just goes, I'm the best. I am the best. Nobody's going to stop me. Nobody, not one goalie in this world can stop me. And that is just how it is. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just, I to have that much confidence in yourself and also be that big and talented and strong, it's just, I think he's got a chance to be top five. I really do. I would, I would say he's got a chance at top ten. He's got a chance at top. I guess I think that top five, like, it doesn't matter what what five you put in that top five. Like, I just don't think you can top them. That's fair. But, like, and you're allowed to have that opinion, and I'm allowed to have the opinion that there's like there's a very good chance that he's going to get there. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I would say like the only modern players modern in brackets or in quotations like like election and crosby are the only two that i think would ever like get in that bracket and i and think Ove- austin matthews is better and, and ovechkin ovechkin will only get in that top 10 all time if he gets the goals record which i think he will and i i know and then ovechkin would slot in at like the eight nine spot in that list in the top 10 so the guy who scored the most goals in nhl history would only put in the top 10, you wouldn't even put him top five. And again, like, I, because the other names that I've got, like, floating around in my head, Yarmir Yager, um, 
Messier. Messier. Uh, actually, someone, one of the guys in the broadcast, I don't remember who it was, uh, had Nick Lindstrom in there. And I was like, you know what? That's it, was a it was Anthony Stewart. I was like, that's a shout. Like, Lindstrom's legit, like, one of the greatest ever defensemen. Like, that's not even a terrible shout. Yeah, but I, 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 I can't. There's no way he's top five all time. No, no, top, not not top five, top ten. That's what. But Anthony Stewart had him at top five, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's no way. Yeah, no, he's he's not top five, but like top ten for sure. Like I'm not. I wouldn't argue if anyone put him in in their top ten of all time. Yeah. No, I think like Jean Beliveau, fucking. I don't have Rocker Shard in my top five. Like I look at all those guys, and yeah, Ovechkin can get into there. He's he's in that ballpark. From a least perspective, Tim Horton, Red Kelly, uh, like Daryl Sittler, Doug Gilmore. Me, me and you could easily pull up the list of retired numbers and Hall of Famers from our teams and just fucking rhyme them off. Like, Want to hear something crazy? Austin Matthews is about to catch Matt Sundin for points in a Leafs uniform. <laughs> what? <laughs> that just feels so incorrect. I know. Like, that just... <laughs> Like, that just feels so wrong. That's crazy. Because Sunday... Because... So, did Sunday... No, he played for Quebec, didn't he, a little bit? In the yeah, beginning? he played for the Nordiques okay. for a bit. Okay. Because, yeah, like, I know he finished off with the Canucks there, but, like, that doesn't count. It just... It, it always felt like he was uh, just a leaf lifer. Other than the fucking two months he spent with the Canucks when he scored a shootout winner against you guys. Yeah. And you know what? He was always one of those players, like, I hated him. Hated him. Because he was a hot Oh, hated him. But goddammit, respect. Love him. Like, just hated him, but loved him. Man, I remember one time in NHL 07, I don't know why I decided to do this, but I made a trade. Like, I was in, like, a franchise mode. And I traded him for Mike Medano. And it was the worst decision ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, he was... He's just so good. Yeah. What was it? It was a 500 career goal, that overtime clapper against Calgary. Was it 500? Is that the milestone? Yeah. Yeah. Overtime clapper for the hat trick. Yeah. For the hattie. Number 500. 500. Oh. Like, that's just just an iconic NHL moment. Yeah. Like, and I know, like, you know, the NHL's been going for however many, like, hundred and some years, and, like, there's been great moments. That's one of them. Like, that's just so good. I agree. Also, like, low-key kind of missed that, like, mid to, mid to late 2000s when guys would just step over the blue line and rip clappers and score. Like, I low-key missed that. <laughs> and there's a debate, and I'm kind of interested in this debate. Should the NHL increase the size of their nets? No. No? No. You don't think so? Look at the high-scoring games we've had this year already. Like... It's not something that needs to be really a debate. Well, the argument is is that it's going to, like, one of the bigger arguments is that it would force teams to defend more efficiently because they would have to cut off, like, there'd be a threat from distance as well. Bigger threat from distance. Yeah, but... And the other argument is that goalies' pads have increased in size an insane amount since the 70s and 80s, call it. Yeah. And when the NHL tells goalies to make their pads smaller... The goalies say, hell no, every piece of padding on here is for protective purposes. It has nothing to do with stopping the puck, which is absolute horseshit. 
but that's what it is. Yeah, no, I just... I just, I can't, like, my thinking is, like, I'm looking at, like, the Austin Matthews goals last night. Like, can you imagine giving him more room to fucking shoot the puck? Like, he's going to yeah, get 70 or 80 goals. McDavid's going to get 100 goals a year. Like... like... <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it was just a thought, and I don't, I'm not... I'm not sure that it's something that I would, I would endorse either. I just think that it's, it's an interesting thought. It's interesting, but I think like, yeah, long term, like you really put your thought into that, like no. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're gonna give Austin Matthews more net to shoot. <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking, like, like giving like Matthews, Ovechkin, like, all these guys with unreal shots. You're just gonna like give them more space to shoot. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's a little ridiculous. Like, you, you already give these guys, like, nothing to shoot at. Like, you, like some goalies give them just that little fucking fraction of a fucking shot, and they still fucking score. Like, now you're going to give them an extra fucking foot? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Galley Freak is now a Toronto Maple Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this killed me. Because Trevor had his, uh, last week's episode, Trevor Edgar, had a little slip of the tongue when he called Alex Galchenyuk a Leafs legend. He might call him a Habs legend. Uh, two days later, he's traded to the Leafs. <laughs> and two days later, Trevor Edgar ordered a Galchenyuk Leafs jersey. Oh, yeah. He's definitely got that on the way already. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, I would not question it at all. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, I don't really know where that kid, where where they're gonna try to slot him in, especially now we got guys coming back. Like Hyman came back from injury; he was uh, out against the Sens a couple nights ago, but he played last night. Simmons is on his way back. Thornton's back. Robertson's on his way back. So I don't exactly know where they think this kid's gonna slot in. Uh, what I was reading was that the Jimmy VC experiment might be over. <laughs> that's probably not a bad thing. He's. Yeah. He plays a reasonable 200-foot game, but, man, I just find myself praying for him to do, like, something, like, anything in the offensive zone. Yeah, and I think that might be what their hope is with Galchenyuk, is he maybe doesn't need to play a 200-foot game. But, like, you know, if you... Because, like, he's a, he's a former 30-goal scorer. Like, he can shoot the puck. He's, he's all right in the offensive zone. And he might just be that, that spark they need. For what, third or fourth line there? Yeah, he would probably slot in on the third. Play alongside, uh, call it, Kerfoot and... Well, actually, Kerfoot moved up to the second line in last night's game. Because uh, Hyman was hurt the game before, so Kerfoot moved up to the second line for that game. And then he stayed there, even though Hyman came back. And Hyman kind of drove the third line. Yeah. So, call it Spets between Hyman and... Oh, shit. Wayne Simmons. So, hmm. Yeah. That makes things a little jumbled. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, if that's what they're trying to do is get that little bit of, uh, a little bit of a scoring touch on their bottom six, like, he might do the job. He might. Yeah. He, he, we know he's got that potential in there. Like, he can do it, but. He just hasn't lately. It's a what can you, what have you done for me lately? Not, you know. No, I, I know, I realize that he's not, he's not been that player for a long time. But, like, nobody scores 30 goals in the NHL by fluke. No, no. Like, 
there, there's something there. It's just a matter of giving him the opportunity to rediscover it and him putting in the work to rediscover that. I totally agree. Uh, you want to set up some Habs games for today? Yeah, the so we've got the Senators. Actually, as this podcast episode drops, the Habs and Sens play at 7 o'clock. We also have them Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And then we have the Jets on Thursday and Saturday at 8 and 10 for this week. Nice, nice. I uh, know this week we play on Monday in Calgary, Wednesday in Calgary. And then I believe it's a three-game in Edmonton stand. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's going to be a big one, especially given the fact that, like I said, they're 9-2-0 in their last... uh, 11, yeah. In their last 11. So that's going to be some some crucial points that are going to be decided in those games for sure. And just a quick note on tonight's Sens game. Shabbat and a few, in quotations, a few Sens forwards, uh, the coach didn't say exactly who, are game time decisions. Okay. That's interesting. Didn't say why, but... Another thing, that, uh, one thing, sorry, I just want to go back to Freddie Anderson, I want to add here. Um, so in the game where we had Hutchinson start, so that would have been the, uh, what is it, a 7-3 win, I think it ended up being? Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know the class. I know you, you won. Uh, so yeah, 7-3 win on Thursday, February 18th. So Hutchinson played that game. Freddie Anderson didn't even start, like didn't even dress, sorry. And uh, Keith just kind of said that he was going through something and didn't really elaborate on it. And he didn't say it was a medical issue. So I'm not exactly sure what that is. I hope Freddie's doing okay. Everything is good in his head. And uh, I mean, he looked good last night. So that's what I mean. And that's why it was kind of confusing. Just the way, he, the way he said it, Keith. That was the, that was the night or the game after the 5-1 collapse, right? Yeah, no, we played them once in between. Okay. Yeah, we beat them 2-1 in between, and Freddie started that game as well. Oh, it was okay. the 18th, like the game that we beat them 7-3 was on the second half of back-to-back. Okay, yeah, them. I know. As you say, like, if you gave him the night off after the big collapse, I would kind of understand it. Like, that would make a little more sense, but to go get a dub and then give him a yeah, night off. Yeah, to go get a dub the next day, 2-1, and then and then not even dress him, right? Like, that's yeah. what was, the, like, he wasn't even the backup. So, yeah. uh, who was on the bench? Was Campbell on the bench then? No, it was Joseph Wool was on the bench. Michael Hutchinson and Nat. Hutch looked better. Well, actually, I didn't get to watch the game. I was listening to it on the radio. But from the way Bowen was calling that game, he sounded like he was a little bit more engaged than he has been previously in a, in a Leafs uniform. So that's good. Um. So yeah. Uh. Going on a Western Western road trip for the Leafs. Two Flames games, three Edmonton games, and then I believe we come home and we have the Canucks for two. Or no, we're staying out West and playing the Canucks for two. Uh, I don't know if these are home or away games. I've got them on my calendar, but I didn't write down if they're home or away. But uh, this is going to be the first time this week that we played the Jets this year. We have not played them yet. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that'll be interesting. That it's always good to play a team that you haven't because you really size yourself up against them. Yeah, and like the Jets are like a pretty solid team. Like I don't like they're they're clearly not as bad as Calgary or as uh, Vancouver and Ottawa. So I'm uh, I'm excited. Should be good games. 
yeah, no, should be good hockey. As always, thank you guys for listening very much. We appreciate your support all the time. Uh, yeah. Do it without you. Yeah, big shout out. Uh, so this week we uh, we hit 100 uh, listens across all six episodes of the podcast. Uh, that's a huge milestone for us. You know we, you know we didn't really like this is just this is us having fun. Like the support exactly. we got has been immense uh, from the bottom of our hearts. We we really appreciate that. Thank you everyone. That's uh, that's massive from you. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I was thinking about it, and I think that this idea was spawned. Like, we were literally, I had a couple of beers, and we were playing Call of Duty. And yeah. I said, Gatano, I think we should start a hockey podcast. Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. And uh, I remember we joked that if it was only me and you that listened to it, it was, you were still going to do it. It was still going to be fun. And, and it turns happened. out it's not just you and me that listen to it. So we appreciate uh, every every listen that we get, every everything. It's it's awesome. Thank you yeah, so much. All, all the support has been fantastic. We can't say it enough. Thank you so much, everyone. With that being said, we will talk to you next Sunday at 7 p.m. Thanks for listening.